Hey guys, welcome to Biomast. Uh, I'm not sure what the episode is, but uh, we're glad for you joining in with us tonight. And uh, we actually got a new guest, so that's that's good stuff. So we're gonna pull it, Jason. Huh? All right. Yeah, I, it, it's what twenty, thirty something. I, I've lost track. Was it twenty nine? I think it's twenty nine. Okay. Well, it's more accurate than he usually is. He's usually off by four or five or so. But anyways, yeah. Thanks for joining us, guys. You know, we're glad to have you here tonight. Uh, late start as usual, but you know how it goes. So. We'll start with some quick introductions. We'll start with our, our new guest here, uh, Lethargic. Why don't you tell us a little about yourself and uh, what you're all about? Uh, well, um, I started playing Dust back in uh, w- right when the s- servers merged between Tranquility and the Dust server back in uh, January 13. And I've been following Dust ever since it was announced back in 2009. I was super excited about it because I've been playing Eve off and on since uh, two- 2003. And I've just watched Eve grow and just become this phenomenal game. And uh, I was excited for further prospects of Dust because I was more of an FPS guy. And I've been a career heavy up until the last month. I uh, was with War Ravens for the first two two months. And then Snow Raven kicked me up for a, a dumb reason. And I don't like him. Uh, then Quick Gloves of Sever True Blood picked me up. And uh, I was with Severed True Blood for a couple months, and or not a couple months, like a year and a couple months. And then once Judas Iscariot left, I uh, followed him into Bloodline Rebellion in the hopes that we'll transfer our co- corp to uh, Eve Legion when it comes out. So yeah, that's me in a nutshell. All right, sounds good, uh, Lether. Hey guys. Uh same intro as as past weeks i seem i seem to have become a a bit of a a recurring visitor by this point um i i'm waiter i'm an officer in mullen mob and i used to be the uh, planetary conquest organizer for rise of legion yeah we, we course him to come in and show up at the show every week because we need people and he's a good guest so we force him to come in here and we keep him chained up and, and it's pretty hot talk. Yeah, it's it's a thing with him and Zell. I just make sure it's all safe and, and whatnot. But it's it's their thing. I don't I don't get involved. But uh, I'm Pokey Draven, uh, CEO of OHG Planetary Operations, co-host here on Biomast, and uh, long-term Dust player. It's been way too long, but we're still here. <laughs> all right, go ahead, Zell. I'm Sarai Zell, CPM one member and uh, uh, le- a leader in the Top Men Alliance. All right. So, uh, as per usual, we'll probably start off this episode talking to uh, Soraya, member of CPM, obviously. Uh, give us an update. I hear you had a pretty busy week with uh, CCP. So, uh, what's going on? Yeah, we had um, uh, we had two meetings scheduled uh, this week, uh, Monday and Tuesday, and one of them we did not um, have enough time to get into everything. So, we ended up having a third meeting for Wednesday, and that one was supposed to be an hour, and it was like two and a half hours. So, we spent like five and a half hours with CCP. This week, so um, you know, suffice to say, we covered a lot. Um, they were uh, they were pretty good meetings. Our first and third meeting were um, with uh, CCP Rotati and uh, CCP Logibro, and then the second meeting was with um, CCP Rouge as well as CCP Rotati and CCP Logibro. So um, the first and third meetings, we were mostly covering um, uh, future work on Dust. Um, I cannot divulge what it is, but, um, you know, it's good stuff all around, um, in my opinion. Um, and then we went, uh, on Tuesday, we got kind of the, the overview of, um, uh, 
the entirety of, of what CCP Shanghai is working on, um, including, of course, um, uh, Legion. Um, and uh, we spent a lot of that time um, talking to Rouge, and, uh, specifically on conveying just how important it is that uh, they communicate about where Legion is right now. Um, because I think Dust is doing really well, and I think that there's a lot of potential for it to continue doing well and doing even better. Um, but I, I, a lot of players are, of course, very hung up on, on waiting for more information on Legion, and uh, CCP needs to get that, that done. So um, I, I definitely think he understands. Um, I'm hoping we'll see something, but, you know, as with many other times that we've asked for communication, um, I, you know, we'll have yet to see if we see it. Did he offer any explanation on why they've been so quiet since FanFest? Um, yeah, yeah. We, we understand what's going on. Okay. Um, but I'm guessing you can't share it. Because no. Of the... no. Okay. I'll take that as a good sign. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm actually very, very, very optimistic about where uh, Shanghai is right now. So, um, so that's a good sign. You are all right. such happy people. <laughs> yeah, it's a good thing we ain't going to get shanghai by Shanghai. Oh, snap. Third. I'm enjoying, uh, there's a corp called the Rouge Wedding who, uh, I'm actually not sure who owns it, which is a bit embarrassing, but I know that they've been doing some PC logistics and always brings a little bit of a smile to me <laughs> when Dust Alerts goes by. And uh, and it's like, the Rouge Wedding takes district from X, you know? Can you have another corp called the, you know, S514 player base and they can duke it out? <laughs> <laughs> that would be awesome. <laughs> we can arrange that, you know. It's not difficult. You, you should. It would be a good screenshot, I think, to have <laughs> have the uh, the final scoreboard display with that. It'd be it'd be pretty funny. They're Seems not allowed. They're not allowed to talk to each other at all. Absolutely not. It would have to be like I'd have to like secretly inform two different groups, and it's like you're going to have a battle against two. It doesn't matter. Here's the money. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Well, and then periodically you'll have another corp, which is CCP Marketing, which will consistently beat the shit out of uh, CCP Development Team. And then, you know, they'll try to send communication to Marketing. Marketing will just say no and not pass it on to the players. And it'll, it'll be great. You know, we can actually have a little uh, a little uh, play about it. Well, you know, may- maybe uh, that'll happen less often now. I, I saw that uh, the CCP Alliance. No, I'm just kidding. Not... Yeah. The uh, it, it CCP Alliance disbanded last week. I saw that. <laughs> they did not pay their soft bill. Is that actually the reason? Yes. Yeah. Oh, that's too funny. Fox 4 tweeted it. Yeah, I checked that's that. Crazy. It's true. I mean, CCP is that bad at their own game. That's that's the thing to bear in mind. They're they're that bad at playing their own game. They forgot their soft bill. You know, like, like, automatic pay system, you know, for, for their alliance, and you thought that they could have used dev hacks to just give them, you know, 999 trillion isk, but nope. They, some, for somehow, they forgot to pay their bill. Pushing buttons is hard, man. Come on. You can bet your ass that there's a character who runs whatever the executor corp was um, that they just made, and they stuck, they probably made it like six years ago or some shit and stuck some amount of money that seemed reasonable at the time and completely forgot about it so (laughs) it's not actually that surprising compared to an actual active alliance but it's still fucking hilarious you know they've done worse um i think because it it, does anybody remember i I think that didn't the dust514.com domain expire at one point too (laughs) yeah Uh, it sounds right something like that 
What was that an expiry or was that DNS issues? I remember having um, there... I I think it was actually an expiration because I think I we who is it and it indeed like was renewed that day <laughs> after it came back up. So That is actually rather serious. Yeah, that could go south real quick if someone snatches it up. No, it can't actually. Um domain it's it's impossible to it's pretty close to impossible to lose a domain that way. Um because what most registrars do is um, they will automatically renew every domain. And the reason they do this is because they figure, um, it, you know, it doesn't cost them a, a lot to, to do it. And what they will do is if you do not pay your, if you do not renew your domain and it expires, suddenly it, it um, if you want to renew it, it costs an extra $80, which is like 10 times the cost of a domain renewal if you don't have it done in time. So they bank on basically that at least 10% of all their domain expirations are people who didn't mean to expire it. Um, and then if it doesn't get picked up a couple of months after um, it expires, then they will auction it off. So yeah, domain registrars actually, um, they, they're kind of, they, they handle that at your expense, of course. Well, I guess it's probably lucrative, so I can't really blame them. But anyway, so yeah, for back to Dust News, one of the big things that came out, which was actually a bit of a shock to me, it was it was really interesting, is the Apex suits, which um, if you haven't been paying attention, the Apex suits are basically BPO prototype suits, which come pre-fit with standard-only gear, and they're, they're pre-fit, and you can't edit them at all. And you, well, you could initially, but that was a glitch, but you, you aren't supposed oh, to edit glitch, them. Oh, that glitch, dude. And oh, the other thing, too, I just want to throw this in here about this glitch. When this glitch happened that let you uh, put customize the fittings of the Apex suits, they had 999 PGU and, and uh, uh, CPU, PG and CPU. So you can just imagine the sort of fits you could create with that. Yeah, I didn't really log in. I'm like, I'm not going to deal with all of that. Uh, Kane Sparrow had a BPO um, Amar Assault with a cloaking device. Oh, that's, with that's a proto cloak. What Seems really like the so obvious thing. You you could proto cloak like with that much fitting, you could proto cloak any suit. Um, oh sure, easily, and still fit prototype modules in every slot. <laughs> yeah, what really sucked that night was that uh, my corporation uh, Bloodline Re Rebellion, as well as I'm sure a couple others, had PCs that that night too, and I heard it, it was just going to be horrible. Classic, classic. CPP. Interesting at the least, you, I guess. On the one hand, you'd think they'd roll them back. You know, like, but they've never historically actually adjusted results from their own fuck-ups. <laughs> well, it's kind of it's kind of hard to say. Oh, well, you you just spent twenty-five bucks or whatever on this. We just removed it from your account. <laughs> no, I mean it. The the PC results. Oh, the PC results. Yeah, they've they've always like with anything like it's the same with Nullsec too. In most cases, is you know, no matter what the screw up is, once it's done, it's done. If you're good enough, you can take it back. <laughs> I was kind of more understanding when, when there there isn't like this payment structure thing going on, or you know there have been actual like technical meltdowns that have been somewhat significant, and it's always like real disappointing when you know you come out and fight, and it's like yeah, so it fucked up. Sorry about that. I remember when PC released, we had some problems. They had a glitch that they hadn't repaired. And it actually cost us days at the beginning. It was kind of sad. Um, people kept districts when they lost uh, lost a lot of battles. And that's what it amounted to. And since that region of time was a lot of consolidation of territory, 
losing time to a glitch was actually pretty bad. It's it's probably the only time that it was relevant in a lot of ways. But but okay, so continuing on from our diversion on the glitch. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, their 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 prototype BPO suits fit with standard gear only. So they have all the slots of a prototype suit, but they've got a CCP made fit, which most of them are terrible. I think the Kaldari Commando has a swarm launcher and a sniper rifle, which is funny because the swarm launcher doesn't actually get a bonus from the Kaldari Commando, and you're basically screwed up close to the sniper rifle. So some of the fits are, are pretty lulzy, but uh, they're they're interesting to say the least. The CCP claims that what they're for is for new players to get a prototype suit BPO fit with standard modules to make it you know, more competitive against people who have prototype. I think that's a load of shit because the suits are expensive. They're 30-ish dollars if you buy them with Aurum. And you can get them through the LP store, which is actually pretty cool. But it's 10,000 LP and 10 million NISC. And if you've got 10,000 LP and 10 million NISC to spare, you're not a new player. So I think the whole bit that they're for new players is, is a load of well, shit. Well, I'd say the or version is for new players. Yeah. I think that's what they're banking on, actually. Yeah, but I think the thing is, they aren't that great as suits, though. I mean, I sure, they're, they're better than like be. a... you don't you don't want them to be that great because they're they're freaking PPO. Well, we're also l- looking at them from the perspective of the veteran player. To a new player, those those suits might be got a godsend. You know, well, it, if you consider also for PPO purchase, um, if you have to fit like a Qua- if you buy like a Quaif BPO. Um, you have to buy if you want a truly infinite fitting. You have to buy BPOs of everything you fit on it, and these these are you know all the modules and weapons and everything in the fit. Well, I get that, but I think the average player who picks up Dust, which is a free to play game, obviously, and it's like, well, here you can buy this suit for thirty bucks right off the bat. I, I just I don't know if if they're actually going to sell. You know, I, I don't know if new players are actually going to pay you know thirty bucks for the suit, not knowing much about the game. And that's kind of. My objection as well, the, the core concept is not one that I think is good, okay? The idea of a suit that you pay for, it, that you have infinite runs of, is is what has raised a lot of eyebrows, I think. And at its core, it's kind of undermines the entire concept of the, the resource uh, war, the resource juggling that is dust and so when you bring in if they were good if they were actually worth anything uh then that would be a bigger problem in fact but they're just meh so well they're they're meh for 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 veteran players and they're they're meh like the the 30 dollar price tag is what makes them meh for new players though like i would much rather I would much rather CCP, if they wanted to improve the new player experience, go through and tier aside everything. That's not going to happen. But, you know, I'd much rather they did that and looked at redoing the progression structure to make new players actually have a good time and then want to spend $30 than trying to ask new players to spend $30 to have a good time. I'm not, I don't think it took them that many resources to pull off, so I'm not, like, going to hammer them over it. I just think it's fucking useless. There's something else that you know you you should be aware of too. Is that the Galente Scout has a remote explosive on it, and there isn't a remote explosive BPO anywhere. So if you can do it right, you know you can you know su- su- suicide lobby jihad a 
a tank with that suit at no cost to you. And also the uh, Galente Commando has a, a rifle on it. Uh, one of my court mates or friends checked the stats. The the rifle that is on the Galente Commando is better than a Balix. Not kidding. The the assault rifle. Really? 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 That's that should be right. <laughs> that's that's a mistake if that's the case. Huh. That that sounds really bad. Yeah. Well, that that one's not out because I think they've only released what five so far, and they're going to do what a, a new set each week. Is that correct, so? Um, I'm not sure the the uh, timing on when they'll be released, but yeah, there's there's more to come. Yeah, because th- there's basically uh, one Apex suit for every race and uh, role, and so they, they only released five of them. I, I can't tell you off the top of my head which ones they released this week, but they're going to be releasing those kind of in, in a series, I believe. So we won't see all of them right away, and, and which ones we get next week is, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll see what we get. So I, I don't believe the Galente Commando is out, but that's definitely something to bring the CCP's attention that, hey, <laughs> this is a little broken. And Lethargic's right, though, that a lot of those Apex suits um, do have BPOs that don't exist. Like, the one I was looking at was the Mimitar uh, Logistics Apex suit. And it comes with, um, it's a Republic uh, assault combat rifle, but it's a standard grade, but it's a BPO. And you can't get, as far as I know, you can't get assault combat rifles um, at a standard grade, much less a BPO, unless it's the LP store. But at that point, yeah, I actually didn't LP. know that. That's good to know. Yeah, no, there, there's actually some some bits in there that you you can buy with LP. Like the the standard assault counter rifle does exist for LP. But getting that in the BPO is is pretty legit because I I do like that gun. I just don't like using the assault or the, the advanced version because I'm cheap as hell. So yeah. I definitely got my eye on that one. Yeah. Um, snap. I forgot what I was going to say. Never mind. Go ahead. Oh. I can fill in. I kind of feel like if the price point were a little bit lower, I would think, especially the in-game, pro- I think as an in-game mechanic, and I'm going to say this and then, you know, rebut myself. As an in-game mechanic, if you were somehow able, if it were within the range of my being able to get a new player to grind into the suit um, within a reasonable span of time before they quit, because they didn't have the suit, that would be interesting. But the, the reason why I brought up Tearside earlier is because really what I'm saying is I would like, that would serve as a stepping point in the progression system, right? Instead of the, the typical uh, progression that we have now. Uh, I almost think it's a test, but I just think the $30 price tag is too much. I don't think they're going to get any useful data out of it. Like, and they'll make some money, sure. I mean, like, I say make, they'll they'll get some money, I should say. Whether they'll make money... Um, from the resources they spent is an interesting question, but uh, you know, I, did they consult you guys on this, Soraya? Yes. Uh, uh, can I ask you what your general reaction was? Um, I, I think there's a lot of promise to it. I actually like the. Um, I, I'm a little like I expected a very different reaction from people than we got. I expected a worse reaction from people than what we got. Um, I expected a huge amount of pay to win complaints and there were a few but not many and more people were complaining about wishing the fits on them were better um which was very very opposite of what i expected um i expected people saying these are these you know this is it's this is going to be you know this is too op to provide or something you know for unlimited and then instead we got can you make this fit better please um but uh no, I, I think it's great that there's things that you can get. Like, I like the idea that you can farm it out where you can buy it, and I think that CCP should do that more. Um, 
with smaller scale things too potentially just you know but it does have to be relative i think the price had to be that high because again if you if you look at the cost of bpo suits that have been sold so far and then you look at the cost of bpo modules that have been sold so far you'd be really really trashing um you know people's the value they put in if you made them a lot cheaper than what they are um and i i don't like undervaluing you know the money people have already spent and, and the two things that I remembered what 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 I, I, I was going to say was one is that you know I love dust and I don't mind you know p- p- putting some cash to the the game you know so that we can have more funds in, in the game to to to, to uh, for, for our our developers to do things you know so I support the game I I support the content you, you know and I'm still going to gr- grind out the you know the LP and the S to, to get the other suits. You know, but I'm I'm gonna get a couple suits here and there because you know the suits, in my opinion, they're freaking awesome. You know, for the the service that they p- provide. And two, I was wondering, and I you you probably can't say anything on on this Soraya, but I wanted to know if this was like a, a test with what uh, I think Rouge was talking about at FanFest for uh, Legion, how he was gonna gonna, gonna have uh, BPO suits that we that we can skill it skill in, into, and, and then we just you know we put the modules on, and then it's matchmaking by meta level. Do, do, do you remember what he was talking about? Yeah, I, well, that was actually uh, CCPZ's um, uh, presentation on progression. Um, but I would I would note that um, the the Legion progression demo always meant to be you know or not demo, but uh, uh, presentation was always meant to have um consumable modules um so i I wouldn't say i I think that you know there's a lot of ways you can read into things as being for testing i know that's been a common um suggestion is that such and such was put into the game for testing i would i would say that um these decisions are made by ccp rotati and ccp rotati's entire motivation is to make dust a fun and good and successful game um you know i mean like if if something is done and it works or doesn't work and we can see how that goes that is not something that people are going to ignore when they're talking about legion type of type of things um you know they're going to learn things from it either way but dust is not having decisions made for the purposes of legion testing i i think i could say that confidently okay yeah i think he um, said something right there that when he says that it it may not necessarily be for the exact purpose of, of testing for, for Legion. But I think that in terms of an exercise into Tiracide, it, it's certainly um, exactly what I expected to see is of if this is a BPO suit in a Tiracide system, this is what a standard suit would look like fit with standard modules. And, you know, it, it can be more competitive against a full proto suit than say our current system, which has, you know, a weaker suit with less modules and whatnot. So I think it, if anything, it's an interesting glimpse into what tier side would look like. Cause then a lot of people have confusions about what that actually means. So I think it's, it's good to, to take a look at that and go, Hey, look, it does actually help you against, you know, highly tanked out veteran players a little bit more than what you had before. So I think that's promising and that they're actually looking at that as a serious, you know, concept in terms of gameplay. Also, it's a vanity suit. Yeah, and I'm I'm glad that they finally are selling vanity suits, um, despite the the other qualifications that come with this one. Uh, it'd be kind of interesting for them to have a. <laughs> it's of course that would be the skinning thing, right? But yeah, um, and I know 
people want to see that in Eve too. Yeah, it, it'd just be nice if they had enough of a market that you could put some of them actually obtainable via, say, LP or ISK, and also buyable via Aurum in the same way. I think that's not a bad concept um, for a certain class of items. You see, of course, of course, people who don't want to spend money are going to say that, right? So the question is, right. do you increase the uptake because people can earn them in-game? I think in a certain variety of circumstances that that's pretty cogent there's a pretty cogent argument for that you know you see enough people around with that camo hey i want that camo you know um and you increase that number by allowing people to grind it out plus you guys sink around you know allowing people to grind it isn't a bad thing um too it gets them playing more and that so you know you're you're winning either way either people are are funding the game or people are are playing the game to get things that they want um so you know but I do think that the cost of not, you know, an exclusive item, like, a, you know, a special item does need to be fairly intensive to grind out to the point that it can't be, why would anyone buy this because it's that easy to just get it? You know, right. if you want to, if you want to sell something and also offer it in game, it's got to be, you know, do I want to commit a month of my life to this or do I want to give them five bucks? <laughs> Here's my question: Is where do we draw the line? I mean, I don't want this to. I don't want the Call of Duty fans saying, wait, 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 "When do we get gold guns?" You know, like when can we skin our guns to be gold? Well, the new the new suits are pretty gold. Yeah, and I don't like the new color scheme anyway. They're pretty ugly. There's actually a pretty good thread going on in uh, on the forums where people have been posting up examples of uh, skins from ships in Eve and, and saying, you know, Ratati. You don't play Eve, but they actually have some good color palettes here, so you should probably maybe look at these because some of them of the the skins in Eve are actually really sexy. And there's I know True Adamants is posting some some really good sc- uh, screenshots for uh, Amar suits, and I, I think they she really should look at it because I mean the Quay suits were kind of kind of lulzy. We got a purple and pink suit that's funny. It's all metallic and shiny, but you don't want to have people running around in you know spray painted suits that are bright yellow and green and you know, orange and whatnot. I mean, it gets a little ridiculous and you don't want to totally destroy the, the art style of the game. So I think they might want to reconsider kind of what, art, what color palettes they're using and, and maybe tone it down a bit because some of them are, are pretty goofy looking, if you ask me. You know what, what would be awesome? I remember in EVE, uh, there was this time when every active player got a snowball launcher hardpoint for their ships and an ammo pack of snowballs and they got it for fireworks too for you know d- different kinds of holidays and i don't think dust could handle fireworks because you know it, 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 imagine everyone shooting fireworks or roman can- the, candles the real, in, the real the fireworks tank. there is your playstation 3 exploding <laughs> right but I, what i'm saying is wouldn't it be awesome to be able to shoot like you know like get some vanity bullets for you know and the, the occasion of a holiday for cheap isk you know? Yeah. Sounds sounds awesome. They they won't do it. <laughs> no, be, because it's awesome, they won't do it. Uh, arguably. We, we can't have nice things. You know that to be true. Very true. You're new here. I'm that guy. Basically, this, will, this, this theme will continue to recur. Yeah, yeah. Lether is our resident uh, pessimist, and he, he helps balance me out because I'm ignorantly not uh, optimistic at times, so it, it's a good dichotomy. I'll just call him Simon. I don't even know what you're referencing, but I like it. Let's do that. You're a cultured <laughs> heathen. All right. 
But yeah, kind of going back to the, the, the reaction for the Apex, it was kind of interesting. It, 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 the the pay argument's been made for a long time, and I think a lot of things in terms of pay-to-win, it's it's fuzzy. Like I I think that probably the biggest argument for pay-to-win would be you know boosters, if you ask me, and that that is diminished over time when people start getting into the point where more SP doesn't really mean more effective in combat because they've reached kind of that ceiling of of usefulness. So, I mean, then it kind of shifts to BPOs. And I think we have since stayed with the standard BPOs, which is really not an issue in terms of actual gameplay because it is a standard suit. And most people don't typically run standard suits. They run advanced or prototype, especially in, you know, competitive areas like PC. I mean, this, he was playing PC, you know, it, they're all decked out. You know, it's, it's all maxed out stuff. So in terms of BPOs of, of, of limitless, you know, uh, Standard suits not so much an issue. The Apex is interesting. That I remember seeing when the the BPO proto suits popped up on the on the Sissy server, and people were kind of freaking out. And Ritati was teasing us, saying, "Well, we'll tell you on Monday." And then the devlog never came Monday. We were all kind of freaked out, but we eventually got it. And it, like I said, I was really surprised, but it was interesting. Like the the choice to give it only standard gear and, and actually lock the fitting was probably a good one because I think it it really did kind of kill that that you know pay to win because the suits are like we've discussed for veterans not really that great i mean if you don't want to spend any money at all on your suits they're a good choice but in terms of actual effectiveness you're, you're probably better off with like a standard suit and put some decent modules on it rather than a, a proto suit with with crappy modules so i'm glad that they kind of avoided that argument i, I do find it interesting that people were asking for better fits. And I, I don't know if it's necessarily that they want better fits or ones that make more sense. Like I, I said, the Kaldari commando, it's weapon choice doesn't make any sense at all because the swarm launcher doesn't even get a bonus in the Kaldari suit. So in that regard, I I'm glad to see where Tati is actually taking feedback on those fittings. Cause they are looking at, at changing some things because some of them just, they're not good fits and they've reaffirmed that they're not optimized, but I think there's also some level of, no one would actually fit a suit like this because it doesn't make any sense, you know? The only suit that you're going to really get for the, you know, the the most bang for your buck is going to be the Amar Proto-Sentinel. Why do you say that? The the Amar Sentinel has a base hit point value of 750 armor with all five skills, and I don't remember the, the shields. I think it's like 450. But... They're gonna probably either put a shield module in 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 the high slot, or a complex, or not a complex, a, a basic heavy damage mod, which is fine. And I've been, you know, trying out like you know d- different drop suits since I could respec, and I've tried out you know Logi and Scout, and even the militia heavies, they just tear me apart. Like, if if I get in their face for, like, one second, boom, all my health is just gone and I'm dead. And that's just the militia heavies. And the Proto-Amar Sentinel comes with four low slots and a grenade and a sidearm. And if people can shred that much with a uh, militia heavy, I'm kind of an- anticipating the uh, Apex Amar Sentinel. Well, that's true. I mean, the Amar suits do have very high base HP, and if they do stack the lows with, with armor plates, I'm not sure if they did that. I don't have the... There's actually a spreadsheet floating around that has the proposed fits for all the suits. 
I don't have it in front of me right now, but if they do stack it with, you know, four basic uh, armor plates, that is a considerable amount of HP. So I, I, I can see your point there. It's just a matter if they actually do that or not. What you else? Know. What, 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 what they do with it? Sorry. Wait, we're, we're talking about CCP. Never mind. They could put, like, stamina mods or kin cats on it or something like that. I don't know. <laughs> oh, God. Well, or, or profile I mean, dampeners. At least it can't get worse. <laughs> than the current I'm knocking on my desk for you right now. <laughs> it's okay. I haven't got any luck left. I've been here too long. Um, I was going to say that, you know, Aeon Amity, um, on, on a topic of BPOs, he, he was always the poster child for arguing that BPOs in general are very bad um, for the game. I think it's... I don't... I, I haven't always agreed, but it's a something that needs to be discussed. I think faintly, frequently, because it does have a pretty severe impact. Aeon likes to argue that um, the economic impact of, of adding even standard BPOs, which he, was, he is against uh, having in the game, is significant. And he used to cite some of the old economic numbers that we would get out that, you know, there were tons of standard deaths. Um, of course, those are lost the sands of forum time, so I can't link them anymore. For the longevity of Dust, it's an interesting question. Is adding additional BPOs really okay, right? Even, and especially, this is maybe the kicker. We're talking about the efficacy of these suits, right? The efficacy of these fittings. At its core, at its core, I don't like the Apex suit idea in our current Dust. Um, In the sense that having a BPO suit that has stuff on it, that works, that works well, and is completely and totally free. It undermines the entire basis of, of Dust 514's resource system. This is not really something I want to ignore and have creep up on us later. The only reason why these Apex suits are even remotely, like, okay, is the fact that they're shit. Like, you know otherwise, like, otherwise, it would be really bad. That, that's worrying to me. What I wouldn't want to see happen is to see like a stepping stone kind of thing. I'm not saying that's going on, but it could, right? Where we put in a BPO suit and people want it a little bit better. It gets a little bit better. Things get a little bit better, a little bit better. And then finally we get something that's that's just totally worth it and that everybody makes free a scoff of. I, I have a fix for that, actually. I just thought of it. In EVE, when you have a BPO, that means you can make that item, you know, with the bill of, of materials that... that is required and typically that's cheaper than actually buying said said item off of the market so what if these bpos instead of being burnable free they actually uh to you know the cost to restock them is like half the price or maybe 10 10 10 percent you know so that at least you're paying something does that make sense well that's uh, true but it lessens the effect it doesn't remove the effect it just because I mean, every time you die with a BPO, you're basically making the money you would have lost otherwise. And, I mean, yes, I agree that you can reduce the the cost, but all that really does is reduce the effect of the BPO. I think Lether's on, on on a roll there with the fact that it's it's actually severely economic uh, damage having BPOs around if they are not universal in their implementation. Like if if not everyone has it for like that particular thing, like what they're talking about with Legion, where all suits are BPOs. Well, in that case, they just up the cost of modules and then it's 
you know, it, it's all the same. But when you have a system like Dust where certain people have BPOs because they either bought them in the LP store or purchased them with Orem, well, then that's an inherent advantage that they are literally producing more ISK effectively per match than someone who doesn't have it. And, and that does have a, a rather large effect over a long period of time because, you know, it, even though it's a standard suit, it does add up over time. And then that can cause severe economic issues because it does mess with that resource scarcity because you're basically making suits out of nothing. You know, they're just poofing into existence. There's no loss in, in losing them. And, and that's very problematic when it comes to a, an actual economic system. Now, for dust, it's not so much a problem because we don't really have an economy, but it can become a problem, especially when you start openly trading stuff or you know manufacturing things in, in Legion and whatnot. So it is a very scary thing that we have to keep an eye on because I think it can get out of hand very quickly. I mean, in terms of Apex suits, I, I think this was, as we said before, a, a test sort of a, a proof of concept, if you will, for tier aside inside a tiered system. And they basically had to make it BPO or, or make it crappy just to show that you can't take a, a non-tiered something and stick it in a tiered system without making it inherently different than everything else. So, I mean, I kind of get why they did it. It's just, it's not good. It's not something I would want to see in a long-term situation, you know? Yeah. And wrapping around back to the beginning of the conversation, I'd still really, the the core concept of what Rat says he'd like to see out of it, I would, I would love to have even like, uh, you see, even there has to be some pull to the game before you ask people to pay money into it. And I just feel like this is kind of the reverse. Um, like asking someone, even if, say, it was $5, you know, don't argue with me about price points and, and everything else. Just say it was $5 for the sake of, of it being a price that might seem reasonable, right? A lot more reasonable to a very new player. Um, I still think that's not a good place for the game to sit. Like, okay, so you're going to get in and you get this suit and you can pay $5 and you're not shit. You're, and at least you might enjoy your first minutes. There's still deep problems. The game still needs to hook you more quickly. I still want tier aside. It's not going to happen because we just spent six months like balancing the status quo. And not that it was a bad six months spent or I just... You know, I wish we had sat down and actually had substantive change, but <laughs> I'm just a fucking crazy, so don't mind me. I, I get what you're saying. I mean, I, I almost wonder if they could have done the Apex suits, but instead of having a BPO, just be a less expensive pre-fit suit that was less customizable, but cheaper than a proto suit. So it was more accessible to new players because it's less expensive, but it obviously lacks that, that flexibility you get with actually buying the real suit. And I think in, in, in this, it comes down to basically we could make money off of this, so we did, you know, rather than just implementing an Apex suit as a pre-fit you could buy with ISK or LP or something, you know, more accessible to a new player than, you know, a $30 BPO. I mean, BPOs well, are great, but yeah, I don't know why that, this couldn't have necessarily been done with in-game currency as well, but it's not grinding for a BPO and LP. Another thing is there is a lot of people who don't want to have to fit a suit and would like, don't want to have to worry about restocking and you know, yeah, it's not really the the core what, what you expect from Dust, but there are people who would like who would be more than happy to pay to just come in and and have a suit and shoot stuff. Well, and that's that's why I kind of like the idea of. Uh, there are some other games out there too. <laughs> I'm sorry, like 
That that is but actually where I draw the line. Like you to play like, their game or someone else's game. But like that that's just inconsistent. You can't have your cake and eat it too. I mean, I I agree that there's a certain I think that the system needs to be easier to understand at its core, easier to interface with. Why is it such a problem to fit a suit? You know, like if we had, if the game was actually getting substance and changes, one of the old things that I used to kind of like to talk about, but which was never really on the table, was having a fitting system like they have in EVE, where you can give people fittings, you know, and say, here's a fitting, let me exchange it with you through a chat or something. Um, and, and then you can actually go buy it, right? Here's a, uh, and then it was similar with like, imagining a public crest system, right? That would allow you to do skills for people. So it's like, here, go to our site, hit this button, log in. It's going to set up your skilling plan for your first five days, you know, and and you're going to be good to go. Uh, that, that kind of thing would have been so helpful and would still be so helpful into getting people who don't want to fit their shit, which is completely understandable because, you know, it does take time. And if you're the type of person who wants to, to crash and not think about it and have fun, which is me right now, uh, more than it used to be. Uh, it totally makes sense. But I, I feel like the game's infrastructure should just support having the community bring that supply the the particular data points within the structure. Like, if you can't restock your suits, like, the game literally brings up the dialogue if you're out and you can press right on your D-pad. Like, it's part of the game. Like, it's part of the game that you're losing money whenever you die. And it, I feel like that's definitely something to me where I will say, if you don't like that, this isn't the game for you. At least that's how I have felt about Dust's core in the past. Well, let's look at this from a different light. With patch 1.9 came a lot of different ways to spend your, your orm. There was the instant battle... Uh, or the instant SP at, at the end of match. There was the triple st st stacking every booster under the sun. You know, there was a whole bunch of different new ways to sp spend your Aurum and pay more money into dust, including the mercenary, veteran, and elite packs. This these Apex suits also serve unto into the monetization re reform that dust needed. That well, I think it needed because there wasn't a whole lot of ways for dust to, to, to make revenue apart from people buying the modules and the you know monthly uh booster and and, and so i i think you know apart from all of these issues that, that that we're talking about this is also a stretch for uh ccp to make more more revenue off of, off of dust which is a given so I think it's 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 a necessity in, in that point as well. Could it have been done better as far as the execution of the service provided? Probably, but I th I think that these Apex suits as a whole are serving Dust a lot better as far as what they're providing for us. I don't think they're hurting. I will give them that in their current state. So they're they're not good enough to hurt anything too bad. One of the things I was going to say earlier, uh, Pokey was, was making this argument that about why BPOs, standard BPOs, aren't that big of a deal in Dust. And he was saying people don't wear standard gear. And, you know, more emphatically is that standard gear 
is is kind of crappy, right? Like in general, it, it's very hard to. Uh, it it usually can make you more money in the current environment to take an advanced suit um, if you're good enough in it than to take a BPO because it will increase your payouts enough that it will compensate for the additional losses compared to a BPO suit. Um, so there's something there. Not that people, you know, it, there were a certain class of people who, when the militia BPOs are real popular, they would run in those just because it didn't have cost, right? And even though you should be looking at this as a cost-benefit analysis, right? Like, if I pay a, if I pay 10k more, I will in general make 15k more in, in the battle because of my overall effectiveness increase. There, there are a lot of people who don't do that kind of analysis, and they just rather have free shit because they, they know at least that they're not losing anything. Uh, that, that's true to a point, though. You know, if I equip a full proto suit, you know, at full cost, that that doesn't mean that my you know 160,000 isk suit is going to make me 160 160 extra thousand isk. There's diminishing returns on that. Oh no, that's totally true. But it, the the point is like standard standard BPOs. You know, I kind of agree with Aeon at the core. Is the point at the core? BPOs are kind of a, an eyebrow raiser when. Uh, like Pokey said, they're not like it's not like everybody has that thing as a BPO. It's n- when you've got different people who do have this kind of non-existent item that that poofs into being. Uh, that's it's actually problematic at its core. The only reason why it has ever worked is because the thing that is provided for free is just not very effective. It's the same case with these Apex things. So. Nice. <laughs> Rail rifle charge up time. Okay, yeah. I don't want to hammer this PPO thing at the ground. It's definitely a good discussion. It'll probably be ongoing because CCP's recent uh, rush of monetization, as we've discussed, is it doesn't look like it's slowing down anytime soon. So we'll we'll likely see new ways to to spend your money, and be, I'm sure BPOs of varying types and degrees will will be popping up. So we'll we'll obviously keep an eye on it, and we'll we'll see where it goes from there. But uh, Another hot topic recently has been the rail rifle, and a lot of changes to the rail rifle recently. One of them, uh, I actually haven't been following it too close, but I know they increased the uh, charge time, uh, what, 0.3 to 0.6, was it? Yeah, it's a bummer Jason's not here to be angry. Uh, but they lowered the kick, though. I could be angry for Jason. <laughs> um, Go for it. <laughs> I'm angry enough for three men. Um, or women, <laughs> on a good day with my voice. Um, yeah, I really don't like spool up chime changes. I beat a horse to death last week about this. Um, it's like it's like CCP heard me and made the exact change that I really wouldn't want them to do. Um, spool up time is a responsiveness thing. When you increase spool up time, it makes the gun feel less responsive. I've seen threads on the forums to that effect uh, because of this change. I haven't had it in my hands yet. I'm sure it'll frustrate me. Um, it's a balancing tool. Just because the numbers add up does not mean it's fun to play with. Okay, like, and I genuinely feel that the even with the increased kick, I thought that was like a debatable but kind of okay place. The increased kick and like point three spool up. When I played with it, it wasn't so shit that I couldn't use it. I have so. to. 
agree with with you. Even though I hate rail rifles with a seething passion because I'm a career heavy and rail rifles piss me off like no other. Um, a six a point six second spool up time is ridiculous, um, and that was to com combat the effectiveness of CQC. And I posted on the forums, I was like, you know, why increase the spool up time and make a, a, a gun less responsive when instead you could have just increased the dispersion of, of the hip fire by a considerable amount that, that would instead make the player at CQC want to instead aim down the sights as the weapon is supposed to be used as a long-range tool. You know, there's no need to, you know, make this even worse, you know. And... Adding on to that, there, there, there was also talk about increasing or re reintroducing a spool-up time for the heavy machine gun. And everyone's like, yay, you know, nerf the fucking heavies. And I'm like, oh, dude, no, no, no. You know, heavies have a lot to look out for. Uh, granted, I will admit that it's become a lot easier to be a heavy, and that makes me upset because I've been heavy since you know 2013 january but they're gonna add a uh ratati said it was a good idea to discuss adding a spool time to the have the heavy m m machine gun but when you have like scouts and whatnot you know and, and people just breathing down your your neck you know getting right in your face and strafing left to, 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 to right that spool up time is is, is, is really going to cost you so when I hear that the rail rifles are getting, you know, a doubled spool, spool time, you're going to have to wait for over half a second be, before you, you, you can fire at someone else at range. In the meantime, they're not going to be just not, shoot, not, not shooting at you. They're going to be, you know, p picking you off. And so why not just increase the hip fire dispersion? I don't know that I have ever thought I would say this, but I guess it's kind of CCP can now patch too fast. <laughs> oh my god, the tables have turned. Wow. Uh, yeah, you know, I, I don't was... even. I, I don't even know what you just said. I don't understand it. The I it was a bit for effect, but the point is, like, I didn't see that much discussion on this this change. This wasn't like a. Th was there a thread posted? I'm just full of shit. What which thread? What, what are you talking like, about? Like there, there wasn't a thread on the rail rifle stuff, right? Uh, there was chatter about, but nothing really concrete. I, I think what you're getting at is that they're making changes so quickly now that they aren't properly collecting data between each change. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, yeah, and they're not vetting it past the community uh, in this particular case. And it's a single case. I'm not going to to try to generalize it, and you know say that it should be rep should be or is representative of the way they've done patches in the past other aspects of the game at least the balance but this was real fast i i didn't get the impression that it was extremely well deliberated upon by many people i i feel like rat just decided it was a good change and he just stuck it in there which is i'm not trying to lump the guy is the point like it's it's not a bad sounding idea. It changes the balance. It changes the numbers, right? This is the this is the hard part about having spool up time discussions because it does. It changes the numbers. It changes the dynamic, but it, it also changes like 
the actual usability and fun you can have with a gun. Uh, and yeah, over half a second. Like, I used to play Guild Wars, and uh, the original Guild Wars, and in PvP, if you had like a skill that took over half a second to cast, that was a kind of middling long cast time. That was in an MMO, casting spells, you know? <laughs> like, this is an FPS, it's a much shorter time frame. Like, 0.6 seconds is fucking big. Good luck trying to take out a uh, sniper w w with a rail rifle. Yeah, I mean, it It even injects in the kind of traditional I dynamic. Just don't, yeah, I just don't think the rail rifle is good enough at this point to justify it for its range. It, you know, it, it's got the range, but it does it, it doesn't do enough at that range to make it worth all the penalties. Well, especially since the game is, in many cases, the actual important areas of the game are very CQC, so that range is not as useful as you may think it is, because when you actually need to fight somebody, you're going to be closer than, you know, than what you're actually able to put out. So at that point, the range is, is useless if, if the target's going to always be much closer. So I think totally gimping the uh the, the short range effectiveness is is a little little much i mean obviously you don't want it to be a hip fire machine like it was before but at the same time you know 0.6 is pretty insane now one post i saw Rattati actually make which is kind of interesting was someone posted so can someone basically said can the caldari assault now get its bonus to be charge reduction and he and Rattati replied yeah, that was kind of what I was thinking, or something along those lines. So I'm curious if what they're going to do, or what he's going to attempt to do, is change that Caldari Assault bonus to maybe a 10% a reduction to charge time per level. So at level 5, it drops that Rail Rifle charge back down to, to 0.3 and actually makes it, you know, what it used to be. That's and not I, so bad. I, I, yeah, I, you know, I, I'm kind of with Lethal on this one that I, I feel messing with the charge time sort of gets the desired effect but i don't think it's a really good fix for it i think there's other things they could have done like you mentioned playing with the recoil on hip fire and, and maybe adjusting how you know the, the the ads mechanics work and whatnot i think the charge time well i like the, the idea of it that you've got a delayed you know uh, delayed time before you can actually start outputting dps once you start ramping that up really high like to 0.6 where it's actually really noticeable it does kind of diminish the the enjoyment of the gun because like Zell said, yeah, it, it, it it's a long-range weapon, but it doesn't do enough at that range given all the, the drawbacks. And I think it's just the rail rifle's at a point where it, it doesn't feel quite right. I mean, I'm not the best rail rifle user. I'm not a I can probably fan line of them, up but... a sniper shot in 0.6 seconds is probably the point. Yeah, Which, which it, is what I was saying. Yeah, it's just like I, I, the gun doesn't feel good you know it's not like some of the other weapons where you're like yeah okay this feels about right the rail rifle it's just i feel like they're, they're tweaking it and trying to get it right and it's just not quite going in the right direction so you know i, I think leather's onto a thing there where he said that they're almost patching it too fast and i don't think there's, there's enough discussion going on because like like i said they're like we're ramping up the charge time i'm like oh shit when did that happen because I, I i read the forums pretty regularly and i didn't see anything about that until it happened you know i didn't know about it until today I haven't, I haven't actually played in however many of intervening days it has been. And, like, I just saw a post and it's like, yeah, it was changed. And it wasn't from a dev. It was, like, just one of the forum posts asking about it. It was like, what? <laughs> you know? Like, yeah, it feels like a knee-jerk reaction. And it's just, it's not a good one. 
and I'm not like you said, I'm not I'm not ratting on Rattani, no pun intended, but it's this just wasn't a, a good fix in my mind. I don't think they really did a, a good job of this one. And I, I kinda wish they would slow down, take a deep breath and go, okay, let's actually have a real long, in depth conversation about what needs to change to reach, you know, these goals of how we want the weapon to perform at what range and in what sort of situation. And I think that needs to happen. Because right now it's like rapid fire changes and while it's good to have good responsiveness i feel like it's causing problems now that it's almost too quick without enough feedback because i mean effectively if you're you're making changes so fast that the players aren't even noticing that you're talking you're making changes uh that's the same as not talking to them at all and that's obviously not good and i don't want them to to get into a bad habit of doing that i mean this is a one-time thing but just you know be careful you know spool time you know, this is kind of an interesting point that occurs to me, where we're talking about spool time decrease as a racial bonus. Uh, and we have the, the classic comparison in the heat buildup for Amar weapons, right? The idea being that there's a penalty that makes the gun less usable, and that putting it on its proper racial suit makes it more usable. I wanted to ask this about the rail rifle, but it actually applies to the MR suits too. Is that actually an okay design point? It seems to have worked. Like, I don't think it has that many negative effects for the MR stuff, because the MR stuff is very usable, right? Um, even without the MR suits, it just becomes very effective in the right hands. You know, I would almost think it's, it's like just a really great template on the MR side for what racial stuff should look like right you can put it on another suit and it will work but if you want to be an expert if you want to be a specialist you've got to put it on a mar suit because you're just going to build up heat too fast you know what else would uh sorry you 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 know what else would benefit from this charge time is the uh charge sniper rifle people be pulling off shots and nothing flat well and that's that's a kind of a, a scary side effect as well is that you don't want to make that too strong and which is why i've always kind of danced on the issue of i mean lether's absolutely right that the the assault bonuses i think were intended to offset the negative side of each gun so in the case of the amar suit it's the heat buildup in the case of nimitar weapons it's the relatively small magazine compared to their fire rate they tend to, to run out of ammo before they have to reload pretty quickly so they get the increased magazine size and that's kind of where the Galente and Caldari assault bonuses have always kind of come into question like, eh, you know, they, they're not bad, but they're not, they don't really fit the template, like you said. So, I mean, in terms of, of spool reduction, that's, you know, that, that's, that's completely right that that if, if they increase the spool reduction, that becomes the primary downside of the gun. So it would make sense that you would make that Cald- that Caldari assault bonus be spool reduction. Now, you do need to be careful because, like, like you mentioned, with that charge rail rifle, your, I'm sorry, charge sniper rifle, you know, you don't want to have that be you know, too insane where they're able to just fire off shots much faster than is originally intended. So, I mean, if or they the do go pistol. that direction, they got to be careful. I'm sorry, go ahead. Or the bolt pistol. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, bolt, bolt pistol. Even after they, they nerfed it a bit, it's, it's a pretty beastly weapon. I, I enjoy playing with it. Oh, me too. I, 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 I put it on my Sentinels. I guess the uh, the thing I would say is I don't think at a 0.6 seconds pull up time that the gun is actually usable, <laughs> like the uh, the MR weapons are. 
and I question whether you can have a spool up time that is usable, that is encourage use on the Kaldari suit as opposed to to not caring, right? It's well, you're you're talking fractions of a second, so it just gets so. And the other thing is that, of course, just like with the Amar, the gun can't be so good without that drawback. <laughs> drawback that everyone just goes into Kaldari suit because it's so good, right? Like, yeah, I mean, I'm a big uh, fan of matching uh, racial weapons and suits. I think that's that's definitely a, a thing from Eve, and I think that should definitely play over to to Dust and Legion. Now, like you bring up a very good point that it's it's a very difficult balancing act. Like some people have argued that the tactical scrambler rifle, you know, the normal type, is is extremely hard to use without that Amar suit because the heat buildup is is pretty damn high, and so you don't want to make a situation where the drawback is so painful that you have to use the suit to make it viable, but you also don't want to make it so small that you don't care about the assault bonus and just say screw it, I'll rather have you know. Uh, a command or whatever for the damage because that, that drawback isn't isn't an issue so it, it is very much a numbers game in, in getting those fractions of seconds or those you know points of heat build up and you're really tuning it to make it feel like i'm getting a noticeable benefit from this assault bonus but i'm not totally screwed if i'm using it on something else you know you know here's a speculative kind of thing i don't usually do this but i'm kind of at the end of my rope so might as well speculate um what if they added modules that just exactly paralleled these uh, these racial bonuses, right? Well, you see, Eve has that, and you, you know you, you can get a module for just about anything you you want to do in Eve, and and that's one of the things I, I was trying to formulate uh, in the uh, threads was uh, to get more modules that do more things in our suits. But the problem is, is that we already have. Uh, crap load of a crap load of uh items on the market and i don't know if this if this is true or not but the the what, what they were implying at FanFest is that it's difficult to put a lot of new items on the market and for to put the amount of items that you're talking about for to modify the stat different stats of a weapon that would be pretty pretty substantial well, yeah, you don't have to tell me twice that they don't have the resources to do it. <laughs> I was trying to say nicely. No, no, I mean, I totally agree. That's why it's speculative, right? Like, I kind of pose it as, is this a design thing that can be, that can even be okay? I mean, the, the problem that arises is if you, would you restrict it off of the suits that already have this pre-made bonus? Would you give diminishing returns or restrict the returns? You know, the essential stacking penalty. The idea being, say you had a Kaldari suit and you had the spool-up timer reduction mod, right? And the Kaldari suit also gave spool-up time reduction. Um, now you're fitting, like, two of these things. The rail rifle has no spool-up time, right? For instance. Or the charge rifle. That, yeah, or the... Or the Church sniper rifle, or you know the Amar, the Amar tactical has no heat buildup, and you just get a, <laughs> a freaking auto My fire uh, controller, and you know do that crazy BS. That that's kind of the the drawback. So they'd have to have pretty severe stacking penalties that stacked, even if even if you had the intrinsic bonus on your suit, right? It's like. You know, once you go past this, your module is only going to get you so much. 
But all speculation, you're right. They certainly won't put it in dust. Hard to balance takes resources. I mean, eventually... Might be an actual substantive change. And they don't really do those, so... Eventually, I would love to see something like an actual, like, um, like weapon mod slots, like, separate from the suits themselves so you'd fit your gun and then the gun and based on and your it would affect your fittings as well um how much that that particular gun costs to put on your suit fitting wise um so that the suit i I would i would prefer if suit modules actually stuck to things that that pertain to your suit and then your gun had its own to do's and could have things like reticles and stuff like that as well but you know that's that's big dreams right there We'll get it. We'll get it from sleeper tech and wormholes. Yeah, I mean, I missed the camera sight on the Galente. I fucking hated you know, that thing. That was cool. It was different. That's why it was unique to Dust. That's why I loved it. I hated I, it. I mean, agree to disagree. I had a preference for it. I, I liked having a. One of the reasons I used the rail rifle in the past is because the sight is good. Like, I really don't like the iron sights. We're, we're in the year 30,000 or some shit, and I'm using iron sights on an assault rifle. What the fuck? On a suit you can't see through because you it's your face is covered up. <laughs> it's like, what are you aiming down? You, you can't see out of your suit. Your suit has cameras that you're looking at a screen on the inside. It doesn't make any sense to have iron sights. Uh, you know, lore reasons aside, I I actually just don't. I yeah. I personally preferred the camera sight because to me it gave me that good field of vision and it gave me a little bit of zoom i like the uh i like the reflex sight on the rail rifle uh just in terms of its its visuals uh i like the combat rifles i i have a hard time controlling the combat rifle because i'm fucking bad but you know i like the irons i, I, I think can appreciate to- I, uh, toggling that would be nice yeah, I, I think going back to the, the topic of of having modules that offset the downsides of the weapon, I think you, you are going into very dangerous territory. Cause like you said, you can get some really unintended effects like, you know, rail rifles that fire immediately, which totally negates the downside of the weapon and gives it the full benefit of the range, you know, or, you know, a laser rifle that will not overheat just because you've got, you know, stacked heat sink, heat sinks on it. I mean, as, as cool as that would be, I think having a direct bonus is, is very dangerous because you're basically, allowing a player to directly negate the downside of a gun, which makes it balanced, you know, the heat buildup or, or spool time. I mean, a bonus on a suit is one thing because it encourages you to fit things a certain way, which I think is good. Matching is good, but you got to be really careful. So, I mean, if you want to go down a path, like Sarai was saying, where you can fit your gun with, with mods on it, I think that's fine, but every mod should probably have like a downside then. I mean, like ammo types and evil have that. Where you'll have bonus damage for you know antimatter rounds, but you have a, a significant drop in range, and I think that's easier to balance that way because you allow people to customize and tweak their guns, but not necessarily do like a straight upgrade to offset balancing mechanics like spool time and, and heat buildup. So I, you got to be really careful with that stuff because you know it, it, when you, when you have mechanics like that that make the gun from being overpowered, giving the players the ability to negate that will make that gun overpowered, you know? Right, which is the the essential problem to solve is like, is the fact that they're just so completely there. there's a realm where it's like, it's completely unusable without the racial, racial bonus, right? And it's just kind of like, how do you how do you give another suit class a penalty for that but still somehow allow them to get a usable gun? Um, 
that that's kind of the interesting question. You're right. It's it's pretty difficult, but that, that's the unfortunate part I see in in creating a racial dynamic where everything has a very noted, almost unusably difficult uh, obstruction in its mechanics. And then the racial suit negates that. Well, you might as well say that you have to fit it on that racial suit. You know, it's it's kind of like a a nod that you can fit it on something else. Not everything has to be like the the cloak, right? The cloak is like that for the scout class, for the scout role. You know, you, it's essentially symbolic that you can even fit the thing on other suits, right? And, and that's good because it's a very powerful item. Uh, Guns, I don't see so much that way. So. Well, because in, in the case of a cloak, you're defining a feature of that particular role where a gun is, everyone has a gun. And, you know, to an extent, every suit is a combat suit, you know, so you, you can't make guns useless on everything except an assault suit, you know, because then what's the point? So we, we kind of go back to that tough balancing act of where it needs to feel viable, but if you put it on, you know, that racially bound suit, then it, it really shines, you know, and it's, it's all down the numbers. I mean, I, I think the concept is solid that you've got the assault suit that offsets the downside of the gun. That's awesome. I like that, but it all comes down to the number balancing and that's just, you know, trial by fire. You got to try it out and see how it performs in game. You know, it, it's, it's not something you can just look at the numbers and go, Oh yeah, that's going to work by plugging this in. So, you know, we'll see, you know, I wonder if they could like, you know, for instance, with the the rail rifle, they they have the kick and they have the uh, the charge up time. You kind of wonder if they could do less emphatic bonuses on the racial suits uh, to both of those, so that the the ceiling is not as high on both of those attributes for the negative effects, right? And that way, it's usable uh, for another player. But then you you can decrease less emphatically in both those pools, and you have a less a less gimped gun, right? But it's still usable for other people. Yeah, that, that's pretty fair. Just you know, basically, touch kick. Multiple, well, for instance, it's basically yeah, like right. multiple downsides that are less painful, and then bonuses which are less extreme but apply to all those downsides. That's that's pretty solid. I, I like that. To me, it sounds like what you guys are talking about with, you know, the cloak goes to the scout as that's very symbolic for what what the scout does. You know, the sentinel gets his resists because he's a defender. It sounds like the role of the assault class is becoming more defined as far as being a weapons specialist. I mean, certainly... It, there, are more, there are other complications in this entire system, right? Like, uh, this is one of the reasons why I try to avoid speculation, but like I said, I don't have much other options right now. Um, but there, there are other kind of meta balance issues in the different role classes and their niches and the map design. So when we start trying to define roles, I mean, <laughs> this is one of the problems with heavies right now. There's a lot of uh, there's a lot of distaste for heavies that comes out in the forums, um, and you know I don't like running into heavies and and i feel like that's not because they don't have a clear role definition but because a role definition of cqc happens to harmonize really poorly with the map design <laughs> in that the map design is very close quarters oriented in almost 
universal uh, in an almost universal sense uh, across all the maps. So, well, so if, you if, if it wasn't CQC, CQC if, if, if it wasn't CQC, then that would make the heavy kind of useless. If it wasn't, if it was universally not CQC, like, but, but there's very little variation is the point. Like, and I've gotten off on this topic before, uh, they're not going to change the maps, right? It, it makes sometimes it makes these type of speculative vacuum conversations difficult because there are. It's like trying to. It's like trying to fix your paper cut while you've got like a gunshot wound in your side, right? Like, well, I've got a bandaid on that paper cut, but the 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 gushing wound seems to be seems to be still be a pretty significant. Problem. Yeah, I mean, sometimes that's what, what you're saying. Like is the that, dust. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're you're you totally nailed it there. I think that in in almost all maps, points of interest, namely around objectives, places people are are heading to, it's almost all CQC. You you rarely find objectives that are actually out in the open where range is very important. The heavy would would actually be useless. And they keep and I, nerfing the rail rifle. Yeah, I know. Because, you know, it's a long-range weapon. Let's have it give a crap load of recoil so you can't hit anything at range. But that aside, I, I, I don't think that Lether is saying that maps should all be big open maps where the objectives are exposed out into the open and make heavies useless. I think he's saying that the, the ratio of close quarters objectives is much, much higher than, you know, more open air, less cover, where range is more important. And I think that's that makes the heavy extremely useful because... Pretty much, no matter where you're going, it's you're going to run into a heavy because the heavy's going to be entrenched into a a little you know close quarters uh, building or something where, where that objective is is placed. So it, it it's advantageous to play as a heavy because people have to come to you, and when they get there, you're going to be in the prime territory where you can just tear them apart because they're forced to come to close quarters. You can't have a long range player stick in a long range objective they have to come in to fight the heavies and the scouts and in very tight cqc pretty much in all objectives in the game and that makes it very difficult and frustrating for players that want to play you know a little more nimble lower hp long range fighters because they have to come in and, and, and fight at a situation that's not beneficial to them no matter where they go and i think that kind of polarizes where what people want to play as because i mean shit who wants to have a rail rifle when you have to defend an objective at you know 20 meters and, you know, there are other things I like to harp on about this. Uh, I would love for there to be more supply depots and better places on maps. I would love there to be alternative options for switching your fit. Um, especially especially when you consider that... We had this problem in PC, and this conversation comes up uh, with AV, amf- infantry-based AV. It's a hike to get to a supply depot, almost universally, right? So even if we, uh, you know, had more varied maps, one of the other things that would be nice to see, I'm just totally speculating tonight. It's great. Um, it would be nice to see an ability to swap or to to bring an asset in that would allow you to swap um, your your gear more dynamically. Because right now in Dust, I know I get people. I when I used to run PC games, I put people in a suit. And they didn't leave that suit. You know, they didn't leave that role, mostly. I mean, there was some, there there are, of course, some exceptions, notable exceptions. But for the large majority of people that got in that suit, they stayed in it. Because you couldn't, 
you can't ask people to kill themselves because you got clone count to worry about, right? And the hike to a supply depot is bad. And so even imagining more varied maps, I'd also like the ability to change suits. And I feel like that would be a lot more dynamic. I would love to see a dust where people are actually adjusting a lot more rapidly to the in-game situation by changing what they have out. You know, changing their their weapon and weapon type, their ammo types, their their armor and, and shields, whether they're focused on those. Um, you know, PC games uh, would be great like that. Pub games would be great like that. I've I've almost never changed my suit and weapon in order to to take advantage of its uh, of its damage type. I did it once, and I was fighting Frost Bunny, I believe, who is a very good player. And he was in a shield suit, and I switched into something scrambler based because I was salty and I wanted to kill him. That's the only time, and it was in a pub match, like. Okay, so how do you balance that, though? Because, like, I could see that being abused so that someone's like, oh, I'm going to lose my proto-suit, and they instant switch to their blueprint suit. Well, that that's the kind of persistent problem that would need to be fixed. Um, you so should... you would get, if you want to spawn with that additional suit, you're basically spawning in with both suits. Yeah, I mean, so the, the issue is that people's health comes back in full. When they switch suits, not that they have the ability to switch suits to me. Like, I agree, that's kind of problematic. It's something they never fixed. Well, they kind of fixed it because they took, they actually physically took supply depots off maps um, at one point and they never came back. Uh, Line Harvest, the four point that are in a square um, with the the pillars on the sides. Uh, You guys might know it. And the tabletop. Yeah, the tabletop. Perfect. The tabletop map. Um, There actually used to be like, two more supply depots on the map and they just removed them. I like, could not imagine that. That would be ridiculous. No, they they were right between like I'm I'm trying to get the the letters right. Between like B and D. So they were between points, points. B and Charlie belong, and Alpha Delta uh, that belonged to opposite teams at the beginning of the game. So they they were fight they were battlegrounds. Most of the time they were blown up by tanks, but like, because back then it was easy. Yeah, especially with a railgun. But that kind of the other thing I would see is is having something like, I mean, we always used to talk talk about deployable installations, but even like a vehicle, you know, the classic like Sunderer from Planet Side Two, um, having it an asset that can be destroyed relatively easily, but provides this functionality would add this this. We need to destroy that dynamic. We need to bring one in. We need to, you know, damn it, we just lost it. Um, they just lost it. Push, you know, do this. There's so few things in Dust that have that kind of tactical dynamic that we we did X. I have a unique thought. Um, I have a unique tactical perspective, and we're going to, to use that. Most of dust is decided in, in slugfests at the letters. There, there are very few tactics that go into it. Yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head there that um, I think the original intention was that, oh, you can just drop in a supply depot, you know, wherever you wanted it. You could then use that for tactical significance. Well, obviously, that's that's not going to happen. So I, I think that 
the ability to swap instantaneously wherever you are is, is ridiculous. I think, you know, that's, that's obviously not, not good, but making the availability to actually change suits a little more accessible is, is pretty reasonable. Something like a, a mobile supply depot would be an interesting thought to kind of dive into something that can maybe replenish ammo or, you know, allow people to switch suits depending on what kind it is, you know, who knows, but I think the ability to actually, adapt to a changing battlefield is actually a pretty cool idea i wish that we could see more of that and you, you kind of touched on it where a lot of issues with vehicle av bounds and I've, I've harped about this for a while is that if every assault suit was a commando and had two light weapons it, it wouldn't be a problem because you'd have high saturation of av on the field but currently most suits if they want to run av are stuck with a sidearm and so they feel naturally gimped against everyone else around them but if they have the ability to actually switch suits more readily and have access to AV more readily, then you can actually afford to make vehicles powerful because if they aren't careful, everyone in the area can switch to AV and just nuke the shit out of them, which, again, is, is cool. You can maybe drive up a, an LIV and people can you can flip on his mobile supply depot and they can swap their suit there, switch to AV, and then go charge the tank. I think that would be really interesting and cool. And it would certainly make things a little more dynamic rather than you're going to be in a forge gun this whole time and you're going to sit up there and you're going to watch for tanks and that's your job for this PC match. I mean, that's that's kind of boring, you know? And I wish that you could, like you said, have some more tactical significance that you're moving assets around, you're changing suits on the fly, you're, you're modifying your roles as you go to actually make it a little more interesting on a moment-to-moment basis rather than I'm going to be a... Uh, a forge gunner this round and that's all I'm going to do because it's too hard to get off my tower or, you know, drag my fat ass over to the, the supply depot to swap out to heavy machine gun or something. You so, know what? Go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, Eve had, 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 had this problem. It's like, oh, we, 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 we need a new, sh- a new ship doctrine on, on the fly. Titans. That was the answer. Titans, carriers, motherships. So what's to say there won't be like a medium vehicle or a medium assault vehicle that's kind of like a mobile supply depot there was someone on skype saying no this is a bad idea stop or like you get a fitting option where you choose your secondary vehicle and there is a logi like a player logi that has a different type of nano hive where you can uh jack into the uh Nano hive and, and and depending on what your suit was, uh, it costs X um, 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 amount of nanites, and then you can, if there's enough nanites in that hive, then you can change into that suit. D- does that make sense? Like you get a secondary shoot suit that you deploy with, like a, a second a secondary suit option. It's uh, interesting. Yeah. It, what it, it can it, be hard to do is. Uh, is ex- like I hate to say this. There's certain range of teams who have enough discipline to take proper advantage of that kind of thing when it goes in, but it can be hard to take in a team and like coordinate your set because now you have a second suit that you have to get everybody into, and it's like, what's your second suit? Everyone needs to have X second suit. Like, oh. but it is an interesting thought to limit uh, the amount of availability of additional fittings. I don't know if it's necessary, but it, I mean, we speculate, right? Like it's not going to happen. I would give this story though. One of the reasons I love moving parts and changing suits 
and battlefield dynamics. Imagine this story where your team, your you know, your field uh, commander wants to bring in a tank, okay? And so he's in the middle of battle and he calls uh, a four-man squad of people to go to a hill with some AV, which sounds very strange. They're ordered, you know, the squad leader does it. Uh, they do it without question. And he does that so that the tank can get called in. So the tank gets called in and those people up on the hill are there for when the enemy team calls in a medium attack vehicle, right? Or a mobile, uh, a mobile supply depot to try to switch out their suits. And they're already there to, to kill this uh, mobile supply depot. That kind of two-step logic is not something that really frequently happens um, in Dust because there's just not enough tactical depth in the game. It's usually a step-by-step, one-step thing. You know, I'm going to send people here. He doesn't have people there. And maybe the second step is if they die here, I'll have them respawn here. Right? That's about the most you get out of Dust. I'd, I'd just love to see additional things that uh, that allowed for two-step dynamics for, for clever shit, basically. And I, I think that would... I mean, I'm, I'm a little biased because uh, I'm a vehicle pilot, as, as many of you know, but I think vehicles offer unique ability to kind of have some more of those... Like, like uh, Lethargic said, like in, in EVE, you've got the carriers and the, the Titans and whatnot, and you can kind of take that, that sort of logic to, to vehicles and dust and you know, fit modules on them, which gives them the ability for, you know, suit refits or resupplies on ammo and whatnot. And I think that's a good platform making them more than just, you know, I'm an LAV, I drive you from your spawn to the objective and then I blow up. Or, you know, I'm a tank, I just kill everything I see. You know, it, it, it gives them a little more interest in, in use rather than kind of the single purpose they have right now. And I think, like like Luther said, it allows for much more advanced tactics and in, in in multi-step thought processes, which is always good. It makes the game more in-depth and it makes it more interesting rather than just, you know, gun everyone down and respawn here when you die, like you said. So I, I'd really like to see more of that. So I, I think that's hopefully something we can maybe look at. I think medium of vehicles are, are probably not going to happen for Dust, but in terms of redoing vehicles and, and giving them some more additional roles to make things more interesting and a little more dynamic is definitely something worth pursuing that I hope we can see in the near future. You know, I saw, I, I think it was Iron Wolf uh, was working on, on, on a thread where the CPM was reaching out to the, the community where they're talking about what we want to see done with vehicles. You know, what should the role of the Enforcer be? What should the role of the, of the Marauder be? What should the role of the LLAV be? And the logistics dropship and the assault dropship, what do we want the racial parity to look like so it sounds like the cpm uh sorry you might be able to comment on this or you might not be able to actually um is gathering information for the developers so that the developers can look at that and start working on that next well all i'd say is that i I feel that um adding vehicle variants and stuff is is kind of a low-lying fruit situation because it's an easy hotfix you know i don't see why we shouldn't be doing yeah and in, in, yeah, Iron Wolf has his thread in general discussion, uh, collecting ideas, and I've actually been working in a couple threads in, in feedback, uh, working on some of the more fine-tuning of, of those variants and working on bonuses, a little more 
uh, actual design rather than conceptual stuff like like Iron Wolf is doing. So I, I do encourage people to check out both in, in general discussion and feedback and, and hop in there because, I mean, it is – for the vehicle pilots out there, this is something that we really need to, to put a lot of time and effort into to make sure it actually works right because we get a lot of hate. I'm looking at you, Zell. Um, so I, I, we, we need to make things interesting but not broken. And so we, we really need to, to get in there and have some Kill really good in-depth discussion. The only yes, t- good tank is a dead tank. Yeah, well, I love killing tanks too. I just like doing it inside a tank. So, you know, to each his own. Well, well like what I had uh, when I, I replied to Iron Wolf was I really liked my idea because it kind of matched the name scheme for, for what the enforcers are and what the marauders were. And I think it was kind of a lot like that in the original way. But I was, I was thinking of having the Enforcer be, be like a gun platform for a tank where it specializes in having like m- multiple people. It's an anti-infantry type, type vehicle, heavily armored, lots of, of firepower. All tanks should have multiple people. I, I just want to stop and clarify that. Okay. I think, I think any, any ability to be effective as a single, single person in a vehicle should be nerfed. Or, or at least in a, in a tank should be... Okay. Having said that, may I continue? Yeah, now you can continue. Okay. And having the Marauder, as it suggests, as a fast, hit-and-run kind of anti-vehicle tank. You, you know, it, it's it's probably a, a single person that drives it, and, you know, it's got a lot of high anti-vehicle damage, not very great against infantry, that kind of thing. Um, LLAV is more for healing the infantry, um, the dropship is for healing the tanks or something. I don't know. Um, I, I, I was, I was think. Uh, I actually, I'll discuss that with you later. Um, about g- giving v- vehicles like bastion modules, like how they have an E for the actual Marauder class battleships, uh, where your vehicle performs better in a certain area in in eve it increases your resistances your repair rate and it does it does something else it makes you immune to electronic warfare but i was thinking like but then you can't move move. right but in the example of the llav say we were to put a bastion a a bastion module and i'm just calling it a a bastion module as a placeholder but, but putting a bastion module on an LLAV is instead of targeting infantry, you move slower and you get you do AOE healing. And there's also different types of of of, of LAVs like this. Like there was talk about a scout LAV, and I was thinking that should be something like uh, a scanning LAV where you scan with a turret or something. I don't know. Um, but uh, what, what what else was I going to say? So in, in the case of the Enforcer tank, the anti-infantry multiple pilot platform, what it, it would do is it's much like the Eve Marauder Bastion mode, where it gets it gets a boon to to its to, to its total armor hit points. And I'm talking about like a substantial boon where it's it's a lot. It gets its resists up, and it does a lot more damage now. The thing about these Bastion modules for all vehicles is that what should happen is that you can't cancel them. They have to finish their their cycle. So it's something you only want to do if you are sure that you can pull it off and not get, get your ship bl- blown up. Additionally, I, I would like to add that 
I would like to keep the prices for the the tanks and whatnot as they you know the standard Madruger gun logic the, the same, but for the specialized ones, those should go back to the old tank prices, where it's like multi million, for just how awesome and powerful and devastating devastating they have the p- potential to be. Yeah, it's definitely some some good discussion. I I think uh, it's getting pretty late here, so I'd probably like to pick that up maybe next week uh, or join in on the forum discussions because it is is really good stuff. It's good to talk about with other people. So Uh, one thing I'd like to mention, though, before we start doing shout-outs is next week we are likely going to be doing the show on Saturday earlier in the day. This is mostly because there's a lot of people that actually want to get on the show but due to the time zone and the date, um, Sunday nights are not good. So we're going to most likely push it up to a Saturday, just just for next week, uh, Saturday early in the day. We'll get some exact times posted up on Twitter and, and when that's exactly happening so that people can sign in and listen in if you want. But uh, our recordings will go up as as usual. But was there anything uh, else quick before you guys wanted to do shout-outs here? Uh, yeah, actually. Um, I, I want... Uh, uh, Zell was talking to me about how uh, I, I I was I had in my signature that I was run, I was running for CPM too, and uh, yeah, it's true that is something that I'm I'm, I'm looking at doing, and uh, I'm pretty excited about that. Well, that's good. It's it's uh, obviously CPM election is still quite a few months away, so it's it's of course it's uh it's hard to say, but uh, it's good to show that people are engaged and actually want to take part in the election and, and be part of the uh, the process because you know i think cpm1 for the most part has done some pretty good stuff and i, I know zell has made a, an effort to to get on here and iron wolf as well and all the regulars that show up here from cpm that, that talk about what they talk about and the meetings and whatnot i think it's it's good to see people that are willing to get up on a public forum and actually discuss within their nda limitations obviously but discuss that they actually are actively working on things and we we have fun probing them for uh, for information, which they then cower into a corner and, and beg us to leave them alone. But it, it's good to have people that are engaged that actually want to run for CPM because it is a it is an important deal. And I'm you know I, I'm looking forward to the election myself because it's going to be good stuff. But uh, yeah, good to hear that, man. So we're probably going to move into shoutouts now. Uh, just uh, if you haven't listened to the show before, lethargic, basically just give a shout out. You know, to your corp, your mom, your dad, your cat, whatever you want to do, and uh, yeah. So we'll start with you. Go ahead. Uh, me. Okay. Um, uh, shout out to my gr- gr- girlfriend. She is listening, and she d- uh, doesn't understand a word of what we're talking about, but she just wanted to listen anyway to d- just be a part of it because she s- supports me and my gaming habit. And a shout out to Bloodline Rebellion. You guys rock, even though I can't understand half of you as half of you speak Spanish. I I have to say you, you you're very lucky. Um, a girlfriend that supports you in your in your gaming habit that is that is a fantastic thing indeed. Yeah, I've had ones that don't, and it didn't end well. So good for you. <laughs> they're 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 a rare find. So you're a lucky guy, uh, Lether. Sure, I'd like to give a shout out to Aeon Amity. Uh, Aeon has been writing some really fantastic threads about Legion, uh, about the state of CCP Shanghai, and. Uh, if you haven't read them, you should go read them. And shout-outs to him for writing some fantastic content. All right, good stuff. And Soraya? Um, I will give my shout-out uh, to uh, Lethargic for um, giving us a new guest, because it's rare that we get someone we haven't had on before. And, uh, you know, braving the uh, fun and excitement of that. Oh, and I hope to, uh, you come back. 
I want to. I definitely want to. This was a lot of fun. Yeah, no, you're you're more than welcome to join us, man. Just uh, give us a heads up on Skype, and and we'll be good. So yeah, thanks for coming in. Um, I'll give a shout out to uh, True Adamants. Actually, uh, he's been True Adamants and breaking stuff. Yeah, yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> but he's been having some really good discussions with me uh, in, in breaking on on those vehicles. I just, I just, I just can't give my shout out to a dirt, to a Mar. <laughs> they're they're just so they're so evil. I, I just can't do it. Well, and, and I, I often want to smash my face into the desk when he starts going on a, a, a RP rant and he gets a little into the role playing, and I'm like, just, just let's just drop it for five seconds and discuss the actual concept here. <laughs> but getting him to disengage is always a feat. But you know, I'm I'm glad. But he's a he's definitely a, a, a good guy to talk to, and you can get him to calm down. And uh, oh yeah, praise be to Godin. He was begging me in in Skype groveling and threatening to kill kittens if i didn't praise him i guess so <laughs> shout out to Godin. he keeps me entertained in the skype chat and uh shout out to uh ohg planetary operations my corp you guys are awesome you're always supportive i i enjoy playing with you and and definitely uh am, am, am proud to be your ceo and hopefully jason will be back someday he's still away on business we have not heard from him but we're hoping to get him back soon because, again, he is much better at this than I am. So we, we want him back. But with that, guys, you know, I really appreciate you, you showing up. Uh, new guest this week, some good stuff. We'll probably catch up on the uh, the vehicle discussion a bit more next week. I think it's a, a good topic, and I, I hope it's something that CCP addresses. And I think the community can really pile in and get some good uh, feedback going on that. So, What time are you planning on doing the... Uh discussion next week because if you're going to talk about vehicles oh i want to be there um we will let you know i didn't admittedly did not plan ahead as much as i should have but we will hammer down an exact time because like i said there are some people that wanted to get on and and say their bit so we we, we're going to try to accommodate their time since some uk guests and whatnot it's it's a very bad time for them because they're obviously many time zones away so we'll we'll let you know once you find out from them and uh, we'll move on from there that's going to be a very long episode, I think. Uh, probably. It might be a multi-parter, but it's, it's, it's good stuff. And we, we may not do the vehicles next week since we do have the, the, the special guests from various time zones. But we'll, we'll see. We'll, we'll hammer out the details and, and let everyone know via Twitter and the forums. But with that, guys, you know, just uh, you know, thanks for our new guests. Thanks for our regulars. We appreciate you coming on and discussing with us. So... Uh, This is Biomass episode 29, I think, uh, signing off.